Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, okay, listen now for the click track, everybody. Uh, and away we go. This is uh, track one. Take one, yeah. One, two, three, four. My name is Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan and welcome to the newest episode of Before the Encore. Today uh, we are going to be doing a deep dive into the background of what goes on in the music world. So the stuff behind the music and talk to the people behind the music. Um, I've been doing this for a little while now and I've been really, really enjoying these conversations. And while this is a lengthy episode, I think there's an awful lot in it. Um, And I hope that you get out of it as much as I did. This episode features myself uh, in conversation with Siv. Siv is a producer, beatmaker um, in the kind of lo-fi hip-hop genre. I can't really box him in to a particular uh, particular thing. He kind of is his own entity in his own little universe. And while the majority of it, majority of it is focused in hip-hop, I think that he's capable of so much more and he's proved to be capable of so much more in situations where I've been fortunate enough to work with him. You may know Siv from his work with New Sense uh, featuring rappers like Genova um, who has been kind of been brought to the public eye through his work on the Nilo record and through Nilo's live shows. Uh, Lutherist, Ramsey, uh, Bogsy, and there's uh, plenty of others that Siv has had the pleasure of working with um, over the years. I myself have had the pleasure of working with Siv um, in quite a close capacity, working on some stuff with the um, in the Nilo camp. And he also helps out with Nilo's live shows. But we've been doing a little bit of writing in the last kind of maybe 18 months when things were allowed to happen. Um, unfortunately, things aren't kind of as nice to us right now in terms of um having writing sessions and having those kind of sessions where we can sit in and really kind of 
get stuck into something new and some ideas and explore some ideas. But um, we've done our best in that time, and some of the stuff that we've been working on is just like I love. I love what Ziv does. I think he's definitely top of his game. He kind of talks himself down a little bit in this conversation, but um, I think he's capable of an awful lot, and I don't think he is getting the recognition he deserves. So hopefully that a lot of people who are listening to this might go and check out his stuff and check out his work and his back catalogue, um, which I will link to you in the description below. As always, this podcast is part of the No Encore podcast family, uh, which also features podcasts such as No Popcorn and the film offshoot of No Encore, which is a weekly music digest. You got your weekly music news, um, you have your album review and then the top five uh, thematical shootout between Dave Hanratty and Craig Fitzpatrick, two uh, very, very good friends um, of each other as well as me. Um, I'm very, very fortunate to be the one behind the boards uh, on the podcast every week. And they've uh, been so kind as to let me run with this idea. And um, like I said at the top of the show, I've been really, really enjoying this so far. It's something that... Um, I've wanted to do for a long time and to be able to do it alongside the guys is a huge, huge deal to me and it's like something that's been nothing but a pleasant experience so I have to just thank the guys um, for allowing me to run with this. Um, thank you very much Dave, thank you very much Craig. Now that you've become acquainted, we're going to dive into this conversation. Um, like I said, I really enjoyed this. It's a bit of a lengthy one so strap in but um, we've got some nice little tunes uh, from here and the whole way through. Uh, it's just so you can get an idea of what Siv's work is like. Um, but yeah, so sit back, relax and enjoy for the encore with Siv. movies have you been watching lately oh movies You're a movie fan yeah um I think last night I was watching uh, Bill and Ted <laughs> which one Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey oh the, the original one. Yeah. yeah the OG yeah man, I had that as a kid and I don't know why I think it's the best movie Nothing <laughs> <laughs> wrong with it bro oh we would tell you the same yeah that yeah. that makes perfect sense yeah definitely um, like where do you feel do you feel like you draw a lot of inspiration from other creative aspects of your life? So like the fact that you're into, you know, books and movies and stuff, do you feel mm -hmm. like that feeds in? Definitely. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, like one of the, uh, <clears throat> one of the first like sort of reasons I started mm -hmm. like messing around with stuff was, um, a YouTube dude named Pogo and, uh, he remixes movies like sample soundtracks yeah, and stuff? Okay. Not even soundtracks, the actual movie. Oh. So, uh, yeah, he'd chop up, like, bits of the movie 
and uh, the music video would be all those chops basically like when when it is in the track like you know and that just sort of blew my mind man and i was like uh i need to figure out how to do that it sounds so good you know <laughs> my concept stuff like yeah yeah, yeah. no I, i think you can hear the color of grainy film almost and like mm-hmm. kind of 80s and 70s nostalgia and even sometimes before that in your beats mm. um i find that to be like a really big like you can the way i like to describe production is the creation of a visual landscape from an auditory um stimulus yeah and i think that like you're probably one of the best examples of anyone i know who can achieve that and i think that's to do with your sample selection and to do with kind of how you place those samples mm. and how it, you just kind of structure everything um when did you find or when did you feel like your love for sampling started because that's such a huge part of what you do and your identity as a producer i think yeah um there's like um I think uh when I like the first piece of music I ever like sort of recognized as a kid like that it was like a sort of it's music it like has an intro as a chorus verse you know ending sort of it was a uh, daft punk one more time mm. you know and uh and I think like I sort of like I was watching YouTube or something and I was looking at uh these are the samples Daft Punk use and whatever like you know and i saw that that sample and i was like wow just a, just one loop like you mm. know it's that's mad so um that that definitely added to it and then uh there's another dude named Akufin who um who makes like really like dancey dancey garage sort of EDM stuff and uh he samples off of his FM radio and it's it's just random like anything that comes out of that radio he makes a beat out of it's crazy and when i found that out that was like okay if if he can make uh, like out of anything anything that comes out of that M- fm radio mm. then i can make something that's <laughs> you know something that sort of makes sense even if it's like the most basic level at least it's something so yeah so i, I built up on that i collected like a lot of um a lot of short sort of samples throughout these years yeah and um i think that sound sort of comes from like me using those like weird sort of like i, I the main stuff i sample would be just stuff you grew up with okay video games you played um weird tv shows you watched like yeah. you know as a kid and um i just even it was like three years ago or something and it was i think even way before i started really sampling like that i was just doing midi and uh, i just knew that this was sort of the end result i wanted i wanted to sample i wanted to know how to sample mm. so if i want to know how to sample i have to have a lot of stuff to sample, to sample you know? yeah. yeah exactly so um i sort of saw that and then um you know uh, madlib mm-hmm. I got into him really really heavy and I just saw the ridiculous ways he comes up with samples and how to use them he would make a whole rap song talking to a sample like you know and scratches and weird all this mad stuff going mm. on 
And uh, that definitely like inspired me a lot to sort of get that choppy feel, get as much, pack as much as you can in and then strip it back out. Mm. So it makes sense. That's that's basically the method, you know? Yeah, and it's 100% of the time it does make sense. You listen to any of your beats and it's like they're telling a story. Mm. And I think to be able to create an narrative and just a piece of music is a pretty special thing. Mm, yeah. Um, was that, so like, with beats and stuff like that was kind of did it start with I'm listening to these Daft Punk songs and I'm listening to these types of songs that have got samples in them and then I figured out they have samples in them now I want to make music or was it a thing where it was something that you would have done before that like did you know any instruments as a kid did you play any instruments or was it just something that is it like a the kind of a something that's like a sensory thing as opposed to mm-hmm as opposed to like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, a, like a theoretical thing. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's like, it's a bit of both, kinda. Mm. Okay. Um, I think when I was um when I was like seven, seven or eight, uh, we 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 didn't really have money to. Uh, we went to a nice school, but we didn't have money to um enroll in the uh, mu- music program there. Mm. And uh, so um, one of the ways they sort of gave you a chance to sort of have a taster mm. is they do these um, proficiency tests, I think. I didn't know what they were, mm. but it was a test, a music test, and I took it. And apparently I got a high score or whatever. So I got the uh, I got the trial version of whatever uh, yeah. the program, the music program we had. It was, sort of, it was six months, I think. Okay. And uh, I got to play um, the trombone. Okay, which was uh, fun. Interesting. <laughs> that like I'm looking at you now, and like knowing you the way I know you, that's just like the most bizarre thing ever. I thought it would, like would have been something percussive. I know, I know. You know, how do you feel like that's lent itself, or like how is that folded back into what you do now, or has it? Is it like a melody thing, maybe, or? Yeah, I think. Um, I think whatever the test was, I think I think they uh they tested how well you hear or something. Okay. So uh, I think that's the one thing I can carry from that is that um, I definitely know, like, like I'm not, like, I wouldn't say I'm the best at whatever I do, but what I do know is when something doesn't sound right. Okay. You know, I, I, I don't know if I trained it or something, but I know when something doesn't sound right. And uh, I think that has something to do with, like, playing the trombone. I know I learned, like, a few notes a few like how to I think I knew how to read read uh, sheet music maybe I don't know anymore <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah the melody aspect for sure yeah is what I took uh, from that whole experience no that's cool and like you mentioned um, about knowing when something sounds right and wrong mm. what like how would you best describe that I know it's like a really broad thing and I'd find it quite difficult mm it's hard to explain it's like if there's I'm try, I try and like bring everything back to a visual thing mm-hmm. and it's funny because now I'm going to talk about colour as a colour blind person <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but like for me I feel like you it's like you look at a painting right and there's all these complementary colours mm-hmm. on the painting so you might have baby blue and like bright orange yeah and then all of a sudden there's like a really deep 
purple yeah yeah or something in there and it's just like not in the palette yeah yeah. that's how i would kind of describe it but it's just and it kind of feels like it feels like if if i was describe what it feels like when something sounds incorrect it feels like friction you know it feels like something that's like kind of grinding off each other and it's not yeah really working Mm -hmm. what does that manifest like for you Definitely, I I can uh, agree with the colors. Yeah, I I sort of see it like as um, just a gradient, you okay. know. Okay. I I see the whole track as a nice gradient, a mix a mix of colors, mm-hmm. and then um, whatever sounds wrong would be a sharp like outlined like yellow in the middle of an orange like <laughs> an orangey purple track, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then um. I I noticed I know I noticed like uh, that's how I view music early early on. I watched I watched a few like sort of psychedelic explanations of music, you know, okay. very early on, and then I knew sort of I could I could train that aspect, and then uh, that's how I got into like sort of chopping up like uh, like the main the main. Um, the main structure of the track, mm-hmm. chopping that up, like um, with different, uh, with different other different sort of sounding tracks, uh, vocals like weird vocals and stuff. Yeah, chopping all that up, cramming it in there, and trying to make it make sense. Okay, you know. Yeah, and uh, that I think I, I do that a lot. Yeah, just just to experiment, you know. It's these, important. These it's, ten samples, can I make something out of them? Like you know, yeah. no, even, and like in one project, you'd kind yeah, of like pick yeah. ten samples and say, "I'm gonna see what happens." Yeah, That's yeah, cool. yeah, That's yeah. Just as a train and sort of thing, like you know, you wouldn't even be finishing the thing. Yeah, I think a lot of what is important in a studio setting is important when you're sitting behind the boards and kind of moving the pieces. And I'm sure this is like probably one of the main takeaways that you took from those you know, quite sample intensive exercises. Mm. It's important to know what to take away as much as what to add. Exactly. Oh, the, yeah. That's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing I learned for sure. Mm. For sure. Cause, um, like whenever someone, I think whenever everyone makes music, they should start with sort of a MIDI. If you want to be the outlier, mm. that would, that would be a really cool thing to do. But uh, if you want to sort of be good at other stuff as well, I think I think there should be a base of some amount of music theory, even if it's an hour long YouTube video yeah. that you keep playing just to understand, like, you know? Yeah, music theory is something that I will openly admit to not knowing a whole yeah, lot about. Yeah, yeah, Um, And I think sometimes I think it works to my advantage mm-hmm. um, because I would be a different type of producer. There's like this whole kind of subtype thing and something I want to talk about at some point as well. Mm-hmm. But I think what's like, I, I'm looking at things from a totally different perspective. I feel like in a way I have a bit of a freer concept mm-hmm. in like the kind of um, what's the word like the incubation stage of a song yeah. because I don't I'm not like tying myself down to rules and stuff and I'm not saying that that like that's the better way to do things it's totally subjective yeah. you know what I mean yeah. it works for me but I also think 
just from having conversations with uh, certain people, like I was talking to Adam Garrett, we brought Adam Garrett, mm-hmm. um, I was talking to him in a session recently and he mentioned that he sometimes gets stuck in the scale oh, and you're like okay. thinking too much yeah. about it. So it's hard to like remove those walls and think outside the box, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Where do you feel like you land? Because um, like, I I know you've, oh, you've clearly got a wealth of musical knowledge, but like where, in terms of someone who has no music theory like me, yeah. now I know bits, I've picked up bits over time. Yeah. But let's, for argument's sake, say I have none. And then you've got someone like Adam who's quite yeah. theoretical or side, yeah. you've got like, I don't know, someone like the great pianist of all time, like Ray Charles. Herbie Hancock or, or Herbie something. Hancock, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Herbie Hancock's a prime example. Yeah. Um, or the likes of, um, what's that dude's name? Jacob Collier. Mm, like mm, he's, mm-hmm. that, he's just theory, theory, theory all yeah. day, you know? <laughs> so where, like on a scale, on like a sliding scale, mm-hmm. where do you feel like you land I think I'd be just below you, I think. Below like me? Not, yeah. Even though you're at none, yeah. I'd be right just below none. Okay. Just below none. I I don't know anything. I don't know, like, I zero. Like, the basics. I know, like, the basic notes, and I just press them and see what sounds good. That's... Yeah, I think, like... There's a lot more of a movement towards that in the past maybe 10, 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. Because now stuff is so readily available. Exactly, yeah. Like softwares and you and I both know there's cracks everywhere for everything. <sighs> like uh, buyer software. A lot of people sailing the seas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and fucking like docking at the pirate bay. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah no, I uh, buyer software, I'd like to, I do not condone. Never. I do not condone cracking software, so I would like to just point that out. But um, I think, like, as a teen, mm. it was, like, from people who were, you know, it was something who, like, an, it was almost like a necessity to do that because, like, I felt like I needed to move into something different. So for yeah. me, it was, um, I started, it's, you might find this interesting. I don't know if I actually ever I spoke do. to you about this, right? No, never. So, where I started was I started I found like this online forum I think it was based in Scotland Mm. and they had these like there was like a download section on it and it was like all of these instrumentals which were like happy hardcore and like trancy and kind of that stuff but then they had thousands and thousands and thousands of acapellas that you could download but the whole thing was that you like chopped up the acapellas in a rhythmic pattern it was kind of like rapping almost Um, and like but it was almost like there was a competition to see how many you could squeeze in do you know what I mean so there was like people putting out ones with 100 acapellas in it 200 acapellas one up (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Yeah. it was just like this constant uh, constant challenge but then that whole thing died and it just there's only so much you can do with that yeah um, to a certain degree and after that I was like no I want to actually like start making my own music so it was a case of figure out something on FL Studio like the mm. trial version of FL Studio yeah and after that then I kind of moved into like when I figured out how to utilise MIDI 
in like a piano roll situation. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I feel comfortable enough now that I can move into something a little bit more advanced. But like that's years and years and years of like DAWs that were made by Sony back in the <laughs> early 2000s. That's and, crazy. You know what I mean? Like this like really primitive Windows 98 one called Mixcraft. Oh God, it was Whoa, terrible. I've spoken bad. I've spoken about this with like a couple of people now, but like, oh my God, it was just <laughs> like, if you look back, it was desperate. <laughs> so bad. Um, Yeah, I think it's important to like just play around with stuff like that to like learn yourself and I think intuition has a lot to do with it too like you can learn all the theory you want and be be like a total theoretical genius but if you've no feel exactly if there's no like if there's no little (laughs) bit of intuition and feel yeah it's you kind of wonder what the point is yeah and that's not I'm not like I'm not bashing anyone in particular I just feel like there's a lot to be said for really getting in getting your hands dirty yourself you know yeah yeah you don't you don't really want to be a robot really you know Mm mm-hmm you still want to stay human, but um, yeah, yeah. With that, um, like starting out with things, I um, I was on like uh, it was during that whole Tumblr phase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember, I think I was fo- I was following um, uh, like just picture nice pictures and stuff, just desktop savers basically. Yeah, and um didn't really wasn't interested in music production or anything like that was just into anime and drawing basically Mm -hmm. and then um yeah i was following grimes on there because she posted up her art yeah she does amazing art you know Mm -hmm. and then um yeah she was doing music and then she posted this um this sort of you do you want to get into music here's what you need here's how i got started and it was just a list of what you need interface the mic a DAW, you know just basic mixing and mastering skills. And uh, I saw that, and then I got what I needed, and I shut down. I I, sh- I wished I, because uh, I visited a lot of forums. Yeah. Like, there was a, a lo-fi hip-hop forum. Um, I actually found, um, I think I found Jar Jar stuff on there. Okay, right, cool. Yeah, I really, I wish I posted stuff back then. It's cool to, like, like uh, interact with people like that. mm but I, sh- I just I just learned by myself, really. Mm. No, and that's like, that's okay too, mm. because like it is, despite sometimes being, um, in a studio with artists and you're working with artists or you're working with other musicians or whatever, it's still mm. quite a lonely process. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's like quite introverted mm-hmm. by nature. I feel. Yeah. Because you really have to go inside your own head and like put the blinkers on sometimes and like yeah, yeah. zone into how this is making you feel what is being said and it's like you need to process all of that info in your own head there could be 10 or 15 people in the room mm. you know pre and post COVID times of course yeah. <laughs> or employ social distancing <laughs> but um, yeah it's kind of a case of I don't know I feel like it's it can it, like I said it's introverted by nature yes Um. As an extrovert, I find that kind of a bit of a disconnect sometimes. Mm, yeah, I I, I, I think you'd be you'd be similar enough to me, but almost I think on the opposite side. Yeah. yeah. So like you'd be quite introverted, but then like, do you find it difficult to engage the extroverted part of yourself? Not like, anymore. Yeah, I worked. I worked on that a lot. Okay. It definitely. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. That's that's the main thing that attracted me to music was the whole like you can make everything, mm-hmm. the whole thing top 
beginning, you know, to the end, just with you sitting in the room. Mm-hmm. It, that's that's the attraction I had. And then um, just throughout these whatever years, I learned that uh, I learned that collaboration has a, a whole other aspect of enjoyment from that as well. And I I like that feeling. So mm. I was like, okay, I have to work on that. I have to work on my um, my um, extroverted side as well mm. in order to benefit my uh, introverted side because I'll learn all that stuff and bring it back. You know, yeah. so. Um, it's yeah. a it's a balance. Yeah, yeah. And like when it's something that you've learned entirely yourself and like there's been no like I, I when I was kinda learning it there wasn't really much of a community of it, if you know what I mean. Like now it's great because like we're here talking right yeah. now and there's like like I share the studio with Cormac who's a, you know, he's a producer and then yeah. like I know Phil is another producer that I talk to Jar Jar, like you know, it, there's so many people. Mm. Mm. Um, so it's great to have that level of camaraderie there but I feel like when it for, when I first started like you know in, moving in those circles and like talking to those people mm-hmm. I found it to be like almost overwhelmingly exciting because I was like I've never I've never been able to talk to anyone about this yet <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. what was that like for you like to be able to was that when you copped about the collaboration side of stuff because you've really got a head for it. That's one thing I do want to say is that you've really got a head for collaboration and you can move pieces in a way that mm. I wouldn't be able to. Mm. So like you, like, you know, you see those gaps that I don't, but I might be able to see certain things that you don't. So I think that like, that's been a, a brilliant part of our, yeah, definitely. you know, work and relationship yeah. together and collaborations that we've done. Um, sure. Like, where did you feel like the first exposure was for you in the collaborative scenario? Um, or the first like moment of realization where you're like, okay, I'm really liking this. I think uh, working with um, the new sense dudes, yeah, yeah, for sure, because it's um, it's five of them, and uh, I think I was about a year into making music. Mm-hmm. Cause um, like when I found all that stuff, all the blog and got all got a laptop, got a dawn stuff. Mm-hmm. I went to South Africa and just like three months, no internet, tutorial videos on repeat. You know, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, the collaboration, uh, yeah, with those guys, like it, it forced me. It definitely forced me to sort of collab because. They're already my friends, mm-hmm. so um, we're already friends. We we do music, so we might as well do it together. But then, um, sort of theoretical heavy load was like on on me, like mm. uh, like heavy, you know. In terms of the boys coming in, you have to track out five people every session. We could do that four times a week, you know. It's exhausting. Oh, it's it's <laughs> exhausting. But um, while I was in it. I realized what I was getting from it. I realized okay. that not a lot of people have these like this much like sort of intensity going on just at the start mm. um, of when they're doing this whole music thing. You know, usually people take it slow. Like so, yeah. Um, I sort of dived. I dived in, man. I, 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 fire. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Try by fire. I just, 
I just took everything. I I didn't really like money recording. I that didn't. I don't know what I'm doing, you know. So yeah. I just want to learn. I just want to learn. So I I recorded a bunch with them. Uh, and then I I I got to a point where I realized, okay, I can make something sound good now. Mm-hmm. So I can. All right, I don't I don't need to record you guys. And then uh, I think that was a sort of like two years into doing that solid two years, just recording the boys, you know. Mm. And then um, after that, I um, I just sort of shut down, focused on my stuff for a year, full year. Okay. And then now I'm at a point to where like I have all this stuff that I want to get done mm. that I would be charging other people for, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But I have my friends, and we we make pretty good music together. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I already know how to sort of slave away. So now I can use that to um to get all this music done in mm. a short, very short amount of time. You know, so that that definitely helped me, especially with you guys coming into the studio mm. and sort of just gelling instantly, almost instantly. Bro, it just worked. Yeah, like, there was nothing. Like I even remember the first session we did. We did a new sense session. I think mm. probably two years ago at this stage. Yeah, it was yeah. a long time ago. It was long. Um, but when you came in, I remember. It was the, I think, the, but the boys went out to get some food, and it was me and you just figuring some ah, stuff out. Yeah, I and that. we were just sitting. You were like, maybe if we like, maybe yeah, back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, okay. And then you're like, as soon as that happened, it was like. Oh, the magic just yeah, yeah, immediately back in the track. Yeah, I forgot like, about that. Yeah, man, stuff like, like but that that was when I knew the like you clearly had a head for this, mm. um, and like this this guy's the real deal. Do you know what I mean? That's and it was crazy. you were kind of like the silent dude in the room at that point. It's like <laughs> you know, in this that episode of The Simpsons, it's like he's gonna do something. <laughs> I love that. The little guy, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Close the door. Um, yeah no for sure it's been amazing it's been like such a great atmosphere anytime I, like I feel like we've got a really good collaborative um, relationship together mm. particularly like even that time I just I sent you that piano loop and yeah. you just like re-chopped it and then I went back in did some bits dude and- I remember that whole day man I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't work I wasn't work like just grabbing some drill or something mm. And then uh, you sent me that. I listened to it, and I came up with the loop, like right then and there, like mm. the chop. I came up with the chop pretty much, and I recorded it in my iPhone. And then it, the chop was stuck in my head, like the whole bus ride. I remember the whole bus ride, getting home in my work clothes. The first thing I do is open up FL Studio, just <laughs> chop that up for all hour. <laughs> that was so to much it. fun, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> Like, what do you feel like? Do you feel like that's kind of the, where you want to be ideally? Do you want to be the person who is do is like creating those kind of, um, I suppose, 
creating those samples and like those kind of tracks mm. and then shopping them out mm-hmm. or do you kind of like do you feel like you want to be more in a situation where you're moving the pieces like I feel like that's the ideal situation I would like to be in where I'm just kind of doing that and I'm almost hands off mm-hmm. and you're just kind of managing on a top level yeah. the just kind of creative direction and stuff but like I know I know you're good at that mm-hmm. but I just don't know whether that's where you'd want to be like where do you feel like you want to be in an ideal space as a producer uh, right now I, I definitely prefer that sort of um, that back back ended sort of um, like the main thing like for example the main thing I do is is send someone a track it's just it's a hundred percent of the time with if I'm sending something to a singer mm. I say I send them the track and then uh I put like sort of like harmonizing my own my voice and then I tell them to follow that mm. and then I tell them to just come up with a bunch of stuff whatever save it whatever if it sounds right just save it I'll chop it up and it'll be something mm. you know that's what I want that's the main me cool. so um I do all that work just to get that sort of it's it's sort of like um uh, how do I say that work that work I do with sort of uh directing people in terms of harmonizing or singing or mm. piano or whatever MIDI or whatever I have is to get to that chopping point. So that's the first step. Okay. You know, so that first step was you coming up with that piano loop. Mm. And then the final step was for me to chop it up and then put whatever chops, stabs over it. Mm. But um, but out of, it's it's out of like, a, it's not what I can do right now. Right now I ha- I have no choice but to, structure my own stuff okay and move my own pieces because mm. there's no one really there for me to do for to do it for me like so mm. just just by choice i mean uh just by necessity i have to uh i have to move around the piece but but i definitely prefer i prefer that sort of um that chopping up um, like really being in the music like the you, sound yeah just the sound of stuff yeah I sound like design that is that something that like yeah yeah that's you focus a lot on um I wish I did. That's mm-hmm. how I started learning. Yeah. Um, the, the the tutorial videos I downloaded were uh, a dubstep, a dubstep oh, guy. <laughs> Here is your twin. Like this is that was me too because I found I figured out okay if I can create and I'm I'm assuming this is probably where you're coming from as well. Mm-hmm. If I can create all of this like mad mm-hmm. synthesized fucking craziness. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be a lot easier to make other sounds. Exactly. And like, it, exactly. that helped me understand oscillation and like mm-hmm. what a particular wave sounds like and how yeah. I can shape those things into making them a different thing. Yeah. Or like what terminology for those things were. Mm-hmm. Is that where, like, was that the idea behind like going into the dubstep tutorials and like working backwards almost? I, I don't think I even realized uh, what I was doing, but while I was in the middle of doing it, I definitely realized it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely saw, oh, okay. Yeah. Epi- definitely, epiphany moment. It's yeah. Like, oh, wow, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely saw like uh, when I got into, um, I don't remember any of it really but like modulation and sort of that kind of stuff Mm. and seeing all these knobs and knowing that they do something 
and just find out what they do. That's all you need to do, like, you know? <laughs> and then um, I remember this ah moment as well when I, uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't really know what, uh, what anything was or anything. So MIDI, audio, I didn't know the difference. And I zoomed into the audio file and it's a freaking, yeah. it's a wave file, you know? <laughs> I was like, file, oh, man. Bing. Dude, let me go back to this dubstep stuff. I learned this. I learned this. Yeah, yeah. The light bulb, the light bulb moments are so much fun. Like I think that's like such a good sign of progression. Mm. You know, um, and when those little kind of things happens, like right, okay, now that I've ticked that off, I can do the next thing. Yeah. How yeah. Do, like what? How do you how do you measure those? Uh, or, do you, or do you bother? I do, I do. I um, it's one of the more important, I think, things I pay attention to is sort of um, is um, is looking looking ahead, yeah, and not being bogged down about where you're at. Mm-hmm. So um, at the start, you're horrible. And I just couldn't, like, there was something in me. I was like, I just want to be good. What's, what the hell? Like, you know, so, that's why I, 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 like, uh, I really got into making like uh, UK garage tunes. Cause oh, it was yeah. just the four on the floor. Like, so I was like, yes, I can make a tune. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think thinking ahead definitely is, uh, is an important part. At the start, I, I just saw three years ahead I was like there's gonna be a sound that I'll have you know if I just stick to doing this every day if I open this app on my laptop every single day for an hour so like there's there has to be there's no way that uh I can't like produce something that's sort of sounds decent Mm -hmm. that was my bars just decent Mm -hmm. and when when I got to those three years I I looked at it and I was like, okay, I'm here. All right. In a year, I'm going to work out. Like I'm here. I analyze what I have. I was good at this. I was like, I was really good at uh, sort of analyzing and putting together samples. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I got to where I am from the start. I'm pretty good at the stuff. I'm really bad at drums. How do drums work? You know, charted it out in two years, like, I should be like here within drums, like, you know, and, um, and I got to that as well. So, uh, and that all comes in tandem with what I'm listening to as mm-hmm. well. Cause, um, I think it's this weird thing, especially at the start where, uh, you're trying to sound like a certain, like your favorite, favorite artist. Oh yeah. Like influences are going to bleed through. It's yeah. always going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's inevitable, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I realized that as well. So I was, um, like the big, uh, the big sort of other, other key I was doing, I guess, was um, remaking stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to do that. Yeah. I yeah. think it's really important. A lot of people should talk about that. Man, man, understanding it, like, it's being able to understand stuff that you enjoy. Yeah. Because, like, when I when I said influences are always going to bleed through, yeah, they're always going to bleed through. Mm. But if you figure out what's happening there, you can manipulate that on to mm-hmm. make your own unique thing. Yeah, exactly. So I do, it, like, there's, it's like a cyclical thing. Yeah, it's, 
Yeah, man. When I like um like house house music is really big in South Africa. Okay. So um I just take house tunes, basic house tunes there and try to recreate them to the exact as I can over and over and over. And um obviously not putting anything out just just as sort of like a training exercise. Mm-hmm. And the amount the amount of like stuff I learned from that is crazy, man. And I I just found out like yesterday Kanye did the same thing. Like oh really? Way back in the nineties, he apparently he remade all of Nas's tape. He just re chopped all the samples, like drums, like you know. <laughs> One of the dudes in the studio said it. I was like, "What? That's that's mad." And he never <laughs> talks about it. <laughs> it's a phony one. Like um, you mentioned South Africa, mm. so you grew up in South Africa. Mm-hmm. For those who do not know, um, yes. How do you feel like that's? How, do you feel like that's influenced your music in a big way, in a small way, at all? Uh, oh, I wouldn't know. Mm. No, I, I don't. Other, other than like the little stint I did with the, with the music classes. Yeah, and um, maybe, maybe like rapping a little bit, like just as a kid with my cousin. Mm. Um, that was it, basically. They they uh, they still don't know I do I do music and stuff and yeah. um there's no real like I'm I'm starting to make a connection now okay that's that's the thing I'm working on it now to to make a connection to like my home basically and what I what my passion is and is that like a stylistic thing. Or like, is it a conscious thing or do you just find it's happening naturally as well? I think naturally. I think naturally, yeah. I was there last year and I, I just felt a mad connection. Mm. And um, there's like, um, there's a few artists there even I started working with. And, you know, you see, you see like sort of these people over there, they, they don't really have much, mm-hmm. but they make the most of out of what they have, you know. And uh, you go, you go to a dude's house and... You know, he lives in a shack or whatever, but he's like, yo, meet me up at the studio. You know, he's still saving money up for studio time. He wants to hear my beats, you know. So I was like, all right, there's something here. There's there's a, something musical here, obviously. Um, somewhere in my family as well, yeah. there's, there's some sort of musical uh, musical side. I think my, un- my cousin's uncle's side. He was a, like a famous sort of trumpeteer, I think. You call oh, okay, him. cool. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely building on that connection now. I want to build on it a lot more mm. and seek sort of like a better way to sort of mend it with what I'm doing. Yeah, it's, naturally, that's it's an amazing thing to hear that mm. because I wasn't re- like it's something I was kind of thinking about coming into this conversation. I was like, oh, that might be something to mm-hmm. kind of talk about and. I wasn't really sure how it was going to be answered because if I was like listening, to, if I if you put a blindfold on me, right, and mm. just put me in a dark room or whatever, and I was just listening to your beats, I like, I wouldn't ever have drawn a comparison geographically. With yeah. There. If like in the sonic yeah. aspect, yeah. I would have probably gone far east, mm-hmm. Asia kind of mm-hmm. sounding stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very yeah. interesting because like, with the drums, the drums sound very like Dilla or, mm-hmm. you know, like Madlib or mm-hmm. um, MF Doom or any of those guys. It's so interesting to hear how well they work together. Yeah. So to hear you say that, 
it's something you're kind of now aware of and it's something that you know you feel like you're gonna draw more into yeah. I'm interested to hear how it's all gonna work together yeah. I think it's gonna be really interesting the output is gonna be um, is gonna be a very unique thing for sure I think for sure man I don't, it's just something there it's it's a next phase that's just there mm. you know and I like I like having that I, I like having the next phase ahead of you mm-hmm. while you're like deep into something you know you're deep into it yeah you want to get lost it like lost in it but just keep like a, something tiny just ahead when you when you've accomplished what you've do what you're doing right now you know mm-hmm. and that's I think it's a perfect sort of thing that I could just dive deep into and explore sort of um their musical history over there like you know mm-hmm. there's there's like a few stuff I've sampled that uh that have come from there as well so oh, cool. Cool. yeah there's definitely like a wealth a wealth of knowledge and history over there music wise oh 110% yeah. like I've um I've just been kind of doing some rooting around on discogs and stuff just seeing what um just like checking out some articles that they put up there on on their blog it's mm. it's um always very interesting and the long reads are really good but they put up um they put up one about a month or two months ago um you know I'm a huge disco fan yeah. I love disco right? <laughs> yeah. so it was like the uh discogs guide or discogs essential guide to disco mm-hmm. or something like that they do it with a genre every now and again but it was like they split it down into sections. It's like the most popular disco records of all time and mm. the uh, Discogs must have records. And then like there were some like international selections because Japan had a huge thing going for a while yeah. so Brazil. Yeah. South Africa did too. Yeah. And Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. It, oh man, it was so like the spin on that side of stuff was like to me a huge eye opener and like I feel like I've been sleeping on so much other stuff and it's led me to just like look at like more local stuff as opposed to just genres that I like. It's like, okay, if I like what's going on in this genre, what else is happening here? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it's been a journey for me as well, like an eye-opening thing and it's like, it helps you in terms of your work output then as well because you're, like I say, influences are always going to bleed in. I think also the same could be said for what you're listening to at any given time. Definitely. You know? 100%, yeah. 100%. I think if you're spinning stuff like on a constant basis or like if there's something in your playlist and it's like it's always there, like it's that go-to playlist that you're using in work or whatever. Yeah. It's always going to like spill into your tracks. Like I'm very nervous now for like what, like I don't make an awful lot of music myself. mm but when I do, it does tend to represent. I've got my own little thing, but at the same time, I think it tends to, a lot of it feeds from different synapses of what I'm yeah listening to at any yeah. given time. I think uh, yeah, I think um, that that was like a big problem I had. Sort of um, I feel like it was too much. Yeah, it was happening it was, too much. Yeah, it was happening so much, man. Like. I'd, I'd get into one artist, I'd find, like, especially when you find someone that you like everything that they make, right. you know, so... It's the you, best thing ever, but it's also, like, I know. it's the best thing ever as as a consumer, but as, yeah. like, someone who is 
producing music and yeah. he was like creating music oh it can be detrimental oh like my it's, God. it's, it's like, so funny double-edged sword sometimes it's like a cloud man especially like like just you just getting into them you have the single you're looping all the time and then you find out you click through all of their albums they have four albums there you click through all the albums you like every song and then you play them non-stop I play them non-stop <laughs> and then uh, I end up make obviously I end up making that type of music yeah it ends up sounding like trash every <laughs> time every time it sounds horrible and then I get depressed and then uh, I stop listening to them <laughs> Oh god, no! It's yeah. it's funny. Like I think, um, like just talking about, I suppose consuming music. One thing I appreciate about you as a producer, and uh, I think I just I don't know. I, it feels a lot more evident, and just because we've had lots of conversations, like we've travelled mm-hmm. around the country, just with mm-hmm. with uh, Nilo and um, you know, with, for gigs and stuff like that, and it's been great because usually it's me and you end up in the same car yeah. <laughs> and it's usually you in the front and us just like talking shop about production for four hours so we're on the way to the other end of the country <laughs> it's like one of the best things ever but like what I've gathered from those conversations is that is your openness to, and even like today just like talking to you today your openness to like so many different types of music mm-hmm. even though like what you make is so specifically you mm. I would like I so I couldn't even box it into a genre to be honest because it's like got hip hop drums but the samples are R&B and like sometimes mm. the samples aren't R&B sometimes the samples are soul mm. sometimes it's like more like neo pop do you know what I mean like it's it's interesting how different it is the whole time with you but I think that goes back to your openness and like just enjoyment of music mm-hmm um, one thing I've spoken to a couple of producers about is do you feel like you can still enjoy music the same way you could before you started doing this? Ooh, that's a good question. It's a good question and I think I'm finally able to answer it now. Yeah. As there was a time I was just like, I, I was saying this to, um, I spoke to Cormac Butler about this Cormac Shares art studio. You've met him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And um I was talking to him about this and I was talking to a couple of other people like my friends and stuff over the years about this. I feel like sometimes like the over analytical part of my brain is like like zeroing in on the finest details Mm -hmm. to the point where I'm like I wouldn't have done it that way and then I'm like hating it forever. Do you know what I mean? And it's like you hear something that you didn't hear the last time you listened to it and then all you can hear is that thing and it ruins it for you. (laughs) I think I've like broken that mould. I was just so salty for so long. Yeah. Do you know I I don't know what it was. It was just like oh I fucking can't enjoy music anymore. Like bullshit. Absolute (laughs) bullshit. I was feeding myself bullshit and everyone else who'd listen. But now I feel like I'm able to really just immerse myself in stuff and you know really try and focus on the experience as opposed to the nitty gritty details Mm -hmm. 
because it feels like you're constantly working and it feels like you work 24 hours a day seven days a week yeah yeah i used i used to be, have that problem as well mm. especially um listening to like um a lot of sort of uh trap hip-hop music okay um for a while um early on early on in trap uh there were every, every single producer was using the exact same kit yeah it was Zaytoven yeah Huge. Zaytoven everyone was yeah, using that exact same 808 same yeah. snare you know yeah 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 and, uh, before Splice was yeah. the same <laughs> way before yeah way before and then um, yeah I had that problem at that time but then uh, I don't know once I got the studio it's just like if I hear stuff through my monitors then um, it kind of forces me sort of to he- listen to it analytically okay but uh, if so it's I'm almost down to medium, yeah, I think so. Because if I'm listening anything I'm listening to on my earphones, I don't really unless it's my own stuff. Yeah, I don't really analyze it that much. That's good. That's yeah. healthy, I think. Yeah, to have that separation. Mm. Like for me, um, I think it's kind of similar. Like I, I feel like when I'm in the studio and I'm listening on monitors. Now that you mention it, it's actually kind of clicking with me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's like the you're hearing extremely high definition stuff but you're also hearing every frequency and you're listening you're to every fre- yeah, yeah. You're, you're listening to every frequency yeah but i listened to so uh someone recommended me um migration by bonobo to listen to today as an album hmm. um and i just put it on i was working from home today i just put it on and it felt like a transcendental experience to me. <laughs> like it was, I don't know what it, I don't know what it was. It was something, yeah, was something in it. Yeah. And like, it's those nice little affirmations that you're like, okay, I can still, this is something I can still enjoy and consume. Yeah. But having those moments, those really special moments, I think it kind of makes you want to create those things. Yeah. Yeah. So it all, like, but like, it's not necessarily a, it's not necessarily in your, you know, your consciousness at the forefront of your consciousness. It's like a subconscious thing, I think, mm, mm. you know, because you get in behind the boards and someone's, you know, you're in with someone, you're, like I say, at the incubation incubation stage of songwriting or production. Yeah. And you're like, I want to create that thing that I felt over here. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, do, you're doing it without even thinking about it. Yeah. yeah Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah, with that sort of stuff, it's it works against you to to think about it too much, you know, hundred percent, so much, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, you have to train sort of shutting down a certain area of your brain, um, just off, you know, just let let stuff in for what what it is, you know, and uh, that's when you get those moments where uh, where you get that um transcendental or whatever i i think i had that with um i used to be a really big fan of tyler tyler the creator mm-hmm. he used to like i used to be a really huge fan of Odd future mm. and um i kind of uh didn't listen to much of his music for a while yeah and then uh igor came out and uh i like igor i don't really listen too much but the first time i heard it man cuz like I I sort of knew a lot of like his history about 
how like he produced everything, he mixed everything and this weird way he likes chords and they all sound a certain and the horns, he always uses these horns and stuff. And uh, when I was listening to that album, for some reason, all that knowledge sort of I knew about him and how he he usually makes his stuff, it just turned off. And the whole album just came into my ears just for what it was. Mm. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, whoa, damn, this is this is amazing. You know? yeah. yeah, it's so different. So different. I think it can like make or break you, right? When you can't switch that part of your brain off, mm. um, because some people can use that to, to their advantage. Those are like the mathematical geniuses among yeah, us. You know I what I mean? So, yeah. but, like, I think in our line of work, so to speak, some might consider it a glorified hobby. You know that kind of way, but mm. um, I think there's a sub-psychological sense there that you need, you can like relate the two together in a way that's not counterproductive. Mm-hmm. It's so important to be able to do that because if you can't do that, it's kind of like you're, not what you're aiming towards, I think that's a bit flippant, but I think it's it's a lot more difficult to draw that parallel line to like, how can it be technically great? And also, how can it create that feeling? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's a good, it's a, it's good to understand that, mm. that there is a beauty in um, sort of doing the wrong things as well. Oh, man. You like, know? this is, like, uh, there's like no such thing as a mistake in this room. No, no. I, I really, yeah, I don't believe that anymore. Within these four walls, there is no such thing as a mistake. It's yeah. only, it's only something different yeah or something else yeah it's never a mistake it's yeah i um i understood that fully when i listened to uh there's um your man um the guitarist for red hot chili peppers oh john something john frusciante yeah him i listened to like uh he was he has mad a mad history, man. And then um, he was really deep into drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And while he was doing that, he made uh, an album. And it sounds mad, man. It sounds crazy. It sounds off tune, like the guitar. It sounds, <laughs> sounds crazy, you know. He was, I don't know. I don't want to really say anything bad about the man, but he was pretty much like a junkie, like making mm. music, like, you know. And uh, at that time, he found, like, I, I looked up interviews of him. He found that, like... You know, that was so, like, it was so soul-bearing for him and he found such beauty in what it sounded like. And I thought that was really interesting. And then um, I and I noticed as well how random, a lot of stuff is random in music. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's organized chaos. Yeah, it's, it, a lot of times it doesn't make sense, man. Like, and that's that's dude, the, look at jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> There's some people who are going to come for me on that one, but. <laughs> uh, no, but um, yeah, I, 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 when I found that out, I was like, okay, I can, 
you know, when I feel like it sometimes, especially like uh, with Groove, Groove is like people try to bog it down into this certain mathematical thing, like, mm -hmm. you know, when it's just not, it's completely not. No. There's, I feel like there's no one single rule for Groove. No, there's not. And like, Dilla showed us that. Dilla definitely showed us You know, us Dilla that. showed us that. Dilla turned Quantize off in the MPC and went yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. You got drummers like Buddy Rich who mm. are incredible, but the feel mm -hmm. is so different. Like I, I saw, I remember seeing an interview with, I think it was Brad Wilk, the drummer, and he was doing, I think it might have been Brad Wilk. I can't remember if it was him or not, but anyway, it was when, it was the Sound City documentary. Did you ever see it? Um, I think I heard of it. Yeah, it's Dave Grohl directed it. Oh yeah. And it was about I that like that. studio on Van Noyes that yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. The it, it made so many hit records like Legendary. Tom Petty, yeah, yeah. Damn, Damn Torpedoes, and um, Bruce Springsteen recorded there, Jeez. and Nevermind was recorded there. Arctic Monkeys did, I think they did Suck It and See There. Um, but like all of these crazy, crazy, crazy albums, but then he was so Dave bought the desk and he recorded an album, and mm. he put this drummer, I'm gonna say Brad Wilk, put, put him into this song, it was really delicate a really really delicate song mm. and just like in the documentary as they're talking about it he's like feel is something that is innate and that you cannot you can't teach it yeah it's something that's like that emanates from your soul it doesn't like mm -hmm. it's not so like you can't you can't teach someone to play the drums to make you feel an emotional way yeah because like it, I don't know how to explain it properly, but you just can't do that. Where, thing, like, yeah, it, it's like, it's it's the type of thing where it's really hard to explain because if you explain it, you sound so like snobby yeah, and I, artsy. Like, and, that, that's kind of not what I'm... Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, again, and it's I, hard, yeah. I, I hate to give off the impression that I'm coming for, the, or like I'm attacking the people who like have all of this the theoretical knowledge. Mm. No, these people are, I'm envious of them until the day I die. Very, but very. I feel like you know, there's something, there's something that sets people apart from others and that's the level of feel. Yeah. And that goes from playing the keys to playing the drums to playing the bass to playing anything mm -hmm. to programming drums. I think you've got it in spades because like you listen to any of your beats and any of your tracks, anything like that, like mm. if it's right on the 4-4, four four, it still sounds there's an emotion being created. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that works in tandem with the sample. Yeah. Yeah, that's Like you 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 tie those together in a way that makes you feel something. That's the and, key. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And makes you like I say you can almost see the story and like you're hearing the story and you're seeing the scene mm, when you're listening mm. to your music. Mm. Is like how is is that something that you've just kind of that just falls out? Or is that something that you're you're conscious of? Is it something that you would like fine tune? It's 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 like like I'm saying that a lot, but it's something I I definitely like um I realized after a bit of uh, making stuff, especially with like uh, quantizing and stuff. Yeah. 
I was wondering, like, I think I even Googled, like, why do my beats sound like a robot made them or something? Like, you know what? I didn't know how to turn it off, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then all of a sudden, the, the universe opened up a black <laughs> hole and we got what we have now. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then I, um, t- like the, the playlist view or whatever. Yeah. Each DAW has that playlist or timeline view. Mm hmm. Uh, the one in FL Studio, I sort of like etched into my brain, you know, the lines where the lines are and where 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 like the most frequent, like my hats would go, you know. So I'd export my hats into wave files, stick into the uh, playlist or timeline, and then look where where it usually goes, and then see how far I can stretch it. Like for, with, until like without until, it sounding until that, something. It, like, it's like that moment where all of a sudden the yellow, the like outline of yellow appears in the, mm, the orange. Yes, the orange. You're getting dangerous levels, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with hats, man. I yeah. I love I love it. I just I just sometimes I just open it up and just start clicking randomly, you know, and just see how. But that's like that's the beauty of it, right? That's mm. like that's a musical thing. Mm. That's like it. it it's. It's a wonderful thing to be able to just be free and for it to still hit you as hard as it does, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, like, Jesus, if I was to sit behind, like, I used to play play the drums. Mm. If I was to sit behind a kit now, I don't think I could achieve that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be, like, I would be able to just coordinate all of that. But I feel like I can in the dark yeah yeah it's weird isn't it it's a strange one <laughs> yeah I'm and the like, same with keys but... and it's like would you pick one over the other yeah, you know yeah I, mean? like, I had this talk about analog versus in the box mm. or like you know if you were playing like an acoustic drum kit or instead of making it on an MPC or whatever like yeah do you feel like there's one like there's more merit to one over the other. Do you feel like you prefer to have one over the other? I feel I, f- I feel like um I'm I'm in that sort of a stage now where I'm trying to see that analog light that I've heard, <laughs> like I've heard mysteriously about that there's people who just make their everything like analog, you know? Yeah. And um I think that'll happen to a lot of people who who get into music as well like you know it's just replacing your whole DAW with gear but um no I think I'm just gonna stick with um stick with it I, I have a lot more gear now yeah I think uh your sampler the SP yeah yeah that's I, I run pretty much everything through that now oh so good yeah it's the compressor on it's so mad man like it's it makes no sense it gets so harsh and you're like why would it sound like this but sometimes I use it so yeah exactly yeah but definitely like uh, I got I got a lot more hardware just a sampler um MIDI keyboard and a synth I think those are the holy trinity or whatever. If it works for you, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's. It's like what we said earlier. There's no right and there's no wrong. No, when it comes to these things, if it works for you and you're making it work the way you need it to, exactly, that's the best possible scenario you could be in when you're in a zone of creation because yeah. you're not uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think like any level of uncomfortability is something that's gonna. Yeah. Detract, you know what I mean? It's yeah. going to like pull away. Yeah. Just do what's comfortable. That's what everyone says. 
You know, that's what I that's what I took out of everyone. Cause um like when I was learning FL Studio and stuff, there was so much um it was the like the time where it was sort of a meme, kind of like <laughs> <laughs> you know. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure you know. Like and yeah. uh so I I started to feel a certain way about that and I was like, Yeah, hey, I, I can I can learn all this stuff, you know. Yeah, screw you! Like you know, yeah. you don't know nothing. Like that it's type not of, that I'm just like a one trick pony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I mean. yeah, yeah. But uh, nah, that that was just a distraction. It was a complete distraction. Work with what you're comfortable with. Oh, hundred percent, man. You know? Like I wouldn't swap. Like I know people who swear by Logic. Yeah, man, I swear by Ableton. It's just like the best thing ever. Yeah. And now that since they've upgraded to eleven, I saw that. Oh, dude, we're gonna have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, we're gonna have a lot of fun. <laughs> There was something I touched on earlier. I want to go back to it um, because I don't want to finish the conversation without mm. talking to you about this because I feel like you've kind of got a horse. You can have a horse in each race in this regard, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different types of producers nowadays, right? Now we're in an era where, and I'm saying this with no judgment mm-hmm. to anyone on any side, um, there's we're in a an age now where people who make beats are calling like who would have formerly been called beat makers uh, or programmers would be mm-hmm. are now calling themselves producers. And mm-hmm. um, there's people who are taking an exact role in creative direction are calling themselves producers. Yeah, and there's engineers, mm-hmm. and vocal technician or vocal engineers, um, who are call themselves producers as well as like vocal producers yeah. beat maker producer there's the all rounder there's the person who can play all the instruments the virtuoso yeah. there's the person who sits on the couch in the back of the room and just nods along and then says play an A here instead yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. what do you think about that whole thing right now do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing personally I think it's a great thing mm. because we're so much more diverse there was a time where, and I'll be fully open and honest about this, there was a time where I was like almost taking offence mm. to, you know, guys who were just selling beats on Beatstars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, and you're calling yourself a producer, like you clearly just made a beat. <laughs> and you're shopping it off then to be, yeah. I'm like, what does that? But like, that's that was just such a jaded and, it was stupid like to be thinking <laughs> of that was just it was silly and this was no this was a very very long time ago this is like before I kind of started taking it, like I uh, before I kind of started I would say taking it seriously but it was kind of at the early stages of when that yeah. was the case and it was kind of like no everyone's got the same goal here yeah what's the point you know yeah. what's the point in being annoyed about this this is like there's so much benefit to this and now that I see that it's like Wow, it's a wild, it's a wide world out there, mm. and there's so many things you can talk to so many people about. So, what do you think? What's your opinion on the whole? Um, because you do a lot of it, you know. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know. I didn't really know the difference at first. Like two or three years into making beats, I didn't know I was just a beat maker. 
And mm. um, but see, this is the thing that I want to say. Mm. Like, I feel like they're from certain old guard mm. aspects. There might be an opinion of beatmaker being a lesser the gatekeepers. Entity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you think- know, and I don't think that's right. Because I think everyone has their own merits yeah. in the production world, in the sphere of yeah. music production. I think everyone's got their own everyone's got their own set of skills that they can apply and Warren calling themselves producers. Yeah. Yeah, funnily enough, like um it's the most random like person to bring up. Mm. But uh, there was a DJ Khaled video <laughs> of him. I've got one exception. <laughs> of him, uh, of him explaining like uh, his role, sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah. why he's in on so many tracks and why he screams out his name, you know. Mm. And um, it kind of gave me a general idea, you know. He said the guy who makes the beat is the beat maker. And the producer moves around certain parts, you know. There could be an executive producer, you know. There, there's like a list, a list of titles that can happen. And I respect, I definitely respect, uh, sort of the the gatekeeper old heads because that's we they've earned the they've earned yeah, the title over they years. Made, they made all craft, of this, you like know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a totally different world. It, it, yeah, I I just have to respect that. So. Um, that's sort of when I knew that the the thing I was good at and the thing that uh, I mainly wanted to do was the beat making. Mm-hmm. But then I also took on the role of producer as well in terms of um, with the nuisance stuff. Yeah, um, it, it's just someone has to produce it. You know, I, I can make all the beats, but they'll just wrap over four bar loops. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole time, mm-hmm. and it'll it'll just be that. <laughs> You know, so uh, I when I saw that there was those sort of, uh, and I think I I came to you as well about that about doing that uh, with one of my stuff or one of the boys. Oh yeah, hundred you know? percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that basically me asking you that was just a way of me to see what that role entails. Yeah, man. You know what your view of that role is as well. Like yeah, you know? well, like it, this is the thing. It's like I don't think there's anything that's static anymore. Mm. You know. Everything, it's kind of, like I say, the word producer is a sphere now of lots of different terms. Yeah. And it's like, there's no one thing and it do, like it doesn't come without another thing, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so what I like doing is I like kind of the creative direction of the project. And I do like, I like the engineering side of things as well and just mm. like trying to really tease out emotion and trying to tease out feeling and, you know, trying get the best thing that we can on tape and sometimes that not may may necessarily be the most objectively mm. well played or like you know technically proficient way mm. if it feels good if it hits you here in the chest yeah, yeah. that's t- to me that's 10 times more valuable but that's yeah. what I love doing so being able to like step into a room with a new project or with something that's like at a demo stage mm-hmm. What I like to do is I like to have a conversation then, you know, mm. like so we know each other quite well. So I feel like that would be we could probably get straight down to business. But like if it was a case of a new artist that I was working with, I'd sit down. I want to get to know who they are. I want to get to know what story are they, try, are they trying to tell? What feelings mm-hmm. went into this, mm. the lyrics, what feelings went into the music? Yeah. Why did you choose this track or why, yeah. did you, you know, why this over something else? Or, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like really doing 
you're it's kind of like being a shrink in a way sometimes yeah 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 it makes sense you know it's like the person with the notepad and then the other person kind of lying down the couch and it's just like really picking apart yeah stuff in order to be able to understand how to make informed decisions later mm-hmm. yeah I yeah I think um the thing I'm working on right now is um structure yeah and I think the biggest aspect of the creative vision of the track is the structure of it you know uh in terms of like it's it's just for me it's it's so hard cuz i view it in such a big spectrum to where i listen to 1 minute 15 second tracks i listen to them you know i love them mm. and i listen to 8 minute tracks you know so <laughs> yeah. it's such a it's such a huge like thing to where i'm just i'm so lost in it okay and um i see it as well um working with the boys we're we're starting to sort of get used to it now mm. it's but, like um, a, it's something that you're more conscious of now yeah and it's something that you kind of spend time on yeah as yeah. opposed to just like leaving it up to chance yeah yeah and you can hear that as well like yeah. for the people Mm, mm, exactly. That's, that's very clearly structured, mm-hmm. and not only musically, it's structured lyrically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Was that you? And was that you? Kind of did you drive that, or was it you and Leandro? Or that was um, it was. I think that was mainly Leandro, but okay. th- that one was uh, the atmosphere as well. Was pretty. Uh, was pretty like um, helpful in the turnout of the track because okay. um, a lot of stuff was going on in, in terms of media and stuff. I don't really want to get into it. but uh, Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, and he just made that track. I didn't really tell him to do say anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, the very funny part is uh, when, uh, at the end when he's, um, when he's like, um, what does he say? Uh, Asian people, black people, white people. Yeah. We we were watching like a Jackie Chan movie or something, and he was fighting a white guy and a black guy <laughs> while we were recording this song, and I found that so funny. I was like, "Oh my god, this has to come out. This this is weird energy. This has to come out." Like you know, but it's funny how that can translate, right? Yeah, because that's like that song to me places me in a scenario. Like I can see where I am and I can see the scene. Mm when that song is playing mm-hmm. um, and also I think Leandro's message is obviously one of unity and it's like yeah. it's a socio-political statement and yeah. like for it to hear that have come from <laughs> where it came from it's just wild isn't it yeah, because like it's, so it's just the, fun- it's the funniest stuff like it's the funniest it's... stuff it's, it's all how every t- like things get recycled in so many different um, facets. Yeah. yeah, man, that's the one. Like recycle is, m- it's probably my biggest. If you want to say cheat code or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the guy who's like re- recycling samples. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's I spam that button, the recycle button. I spam it, man. Everything <laughs> from when I first open up the DAW like till now I have everything archived and I sample all of it regularly like, that's really cool yeah you know? it's nice to have that like 
that well that you can just mm. take from at any given point and yeah. it might be a case of like you could be really stuck and you're just cycling through shit exactly you yeah I mean? so like, yeah it could be anything yeah man it's because all of that would be sort of um the, the stuff i banked would be connected to something so mm. like um i remember the first thing one of the first things i did when i uh when i got into sampling was um opened up my favorites on my youtube and my liked on my YouTube, and I downloaded all that. Okay. And then um, anything musical sort of sampled that, and I just saved it because I knew I'd, I'd, there would be something I'd use it onto. And then the fact that on top of that, like an emotion is sort of a ch- attached to that singular, where whether it's a one, one bar sort of sample, yeah, chop yeah. or something, like, you know? It makes me feel that much better about the track, like you know. Well, see, that's what it's all about. Like you're you're bringing that moment back from when you had that thing previously. Mm. That you had that experience with the original, mm, mm. and like that's definitely. Of course, it's gonna feed in. Yeah, man. It feeds you know, in. It of course, feeds of course, in, it's gonna feed in when you're like, employ like deploying it into something totally different. Yeah, yeah. That's the fun. It's really fun to do that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What have you been listening to lately? Um, let me think. A lot of um dancey stuff. Um, Tame Impala's new album mm-hmm. that came out last year. Yeah, I play that nonstop. Slow rush. Yeah. Oh, I play that nonstop. Um, Grimes. I re- I re got into. Her new stuff is so Misanthropy weird. Scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird. I like it. I don't really I just put it on sort of, you know. <laughs> let yourself feed just yeah. let yourself be bathed in yeah. those, <laughs> those sounds and emotions. Yeah. yeah. I love her older stuff though. Yeah, it's, man. It's so DIY, man. You can just hear it like and she sampled a lot as well, so I love her early stuff. And um just the regular um just the regular uh Madlib, Doom, a lot of Doom lately. Mm. R.I.P. You know, horrible. Mm. Um, what else? This other band, I don't know how to pronounce their name though. Krangabin. Uh, Krangabin. That's. Do you that's know how I, I, just, I don't know how I knew you were gonna say that, <laughs> but I like, and, and this is like the weirdest thing ever, right? I was only listening to like their, I listened to like their entire back catalog over mm. the last couple of days, and all I could think of is I gotta talk to Siv about oh, this. Yeah. I'm not even. I'm, I swear to God, I'm not even joking. Like I'm surprised I hadn't hit you up yet. Yeah, yeah. Because I listened to. Oh, that's fucking weird. But like, I was um. Talking or not talking, I was um yeah talking earlier about the uh, Bonobo record mm. that I listened to, mm-hmm. and that's something I think you'll really enjoy, oh, which that. is weird because it's like kind of minimalist dance, but there's pianos and melodies, and it's very um like there's a lot of sound design involved. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I think it's something that you'd love. But Krangabin. I I just I don't know what it is. I just knew that that would be something that you were into. Like, yeah. <laughs> so good. It's I got into them late, man. I'm, oh yeah, me too. It's yeah, so annoying. It's yeah, kind of last yearish. Yeah, yeah, same, man. Like I think they did some. It was like a YouTube recommended thing, anyway. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I really got into them, and uh, 
there's who else? There's um, knowledge. You know knowledge. Yeah, with he's, the axe, right? Ah, uh, yeah, with yeah. the axe. He's really good. I always listen to him. And he's really good. Um, same Madlib. I'm always listening to. Mm. You know, uh, if I'm not listening, like sometimes I take a break from like rap stuff or mm-hmm. anything that sounds like the stuff I'm making. And um, I listen to like uh, sort of classic, like I just got into Jimi Hendrix. Okay. A few months ago. That was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. All right. Yeah. yeah and uh, it's just basic um, rock, I think. I'm sorry to, I don't want to offend any, yeah. <laughs> any metal heads, you know, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, okay. that type of stuff, that era, um, Foo Fighters, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that type of stuff, mainly, yeah, mm. that's about it. Yeah, I think, like, it's nice to see that there's still a level of diversity in there. Like, I think that you pull like I said before, like you pull influences from everything. Mm. It seems like you just kind of are not, I wouldn't say a chameleon. I'd mm. say like more like a utilitarian, if you know what I mean. Like mm. you just, you find the bits that work mm. and you make it work for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you might latch yeah. onto like a certain thing. You're like, fuck, I'm going to try this. I mean, you might not even be thinking about it. Yeah. But it's yeah. great because like, like I said, I couldn't necessarily box you into a genre because anytime I hear something new, it's incredibly new, mm, you know? Mm. Um, like we were talking earlier on just about that one you sent the other day and yeah. one of the new ones I heard from you and it's just like totally different. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that that one specifically stems on the type of people I've been listening to, for sure. There's... um. Alchemist. Oh, yeah. 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 I've just had this whole week, I think. I've just been listening to him. Mm. Since that trip back, actually, from uh, from Dingle, mm. I've spun The Price of Tea in China. Oh, yeah. Times. Man. Oh, my God. Great record. Criminally good. <laughs> Great oh, record, yeah. Great record. So I have you to thank for, like, so much of that. Stuff. <laughs> like, without, like, because it was meeting you and the guys and just the way that you presented the music, mm. you know, all of you together as a group and also then you as the guy who's involved in the actual music, mm-hmm. it made me do a deep dive and like I kind of wanted to, I started kind of going back, did a bit of a history mm. lesson for myself in like hip hop and what that was and um, learned about Dilla and learned about Slum Village and mm. Tribe and, you know, Dela, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think now I'm finding myself like, oh, that'll work in a pop song or that, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of cool, isn't it? Because yeah. like there's a crossover to all of that stuff. For sure. Because um, uh, especially like with my last release, I'm not sure if you heard it, but um, it's. Is it the one, is it the one with Renzi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. It's a different time signature, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a different time and it's a, a lot more slower, laid back. You yeah. Know? And that's been there for, I've been working on that for a while, you know, and yeah. I just couldn't get it sounding, sounding like it made sense with my sound, sort of, like, you know, and then I did. And uh, yeah, especially for that track, I think um, that worked very good, like the listening to a lot of stuff 
and finding out the ways, like the amount of ways, certain amount of music, like certain music can blend into, to basically so, like hip hop is basically so like, you know. Oh man, it's all derivative. Yeah. Like yeah. everything came from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it originally came from like those soul and funk breakbeats. Yeah. 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 You know, if you look back and like the, the history of every, like the hip hop evolution is an mm. amazing documentary mm. for anyone who's, in any way into music production it's like a it's a must see mm. in my opinion mm. um just like it takes you back through absolutely everything and how like grunge had like such a huge influence on the likes of three six mafia mm -hmm. and little john and like the atlanta guys mm -hmm. and then you had like the houston stuff like dj screw and how that's mm -hmm. now like knocked on that was those were like you know, slowed down soul records yeah. with a hip hop beat put on them, and now Travis Scott is like yeah. putting them on his album in 2020 Just or 2018. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So like, it's it's crazy to see how it can all manifest itself in so many different ways across the years. But like, doing that deep dive and seeing where everything came from, mm. and I love that. I love like learning about genres and where they stem from because yeah. everything started somewhere. Everything like. I saw that with MF Doom. When I listened to MF Doom and saw the list of samples that was involved with him, mm. and it got me into listening to so much different stuff, I was like, okay, everything stems from somewhere. Man, it does. You know? Yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's just a rule, I guess. So, uh, But it's interesting to see the creative way that certain things are spun. Mm. Because, like... Like I said earlier, big disco fan. Mm -hmm. But if you look at countless amounts of tracks that were remixed by the likes of Armin van Helden and like Groove Armada, all of mm. these people in the 2000s, mm. 90s, Daft Punk as well, prime Daft example. Punk. Like look at all prime the look example. At, like you look at their samples and you go back and you find some absolute gold. Man, there's like, there's a song called Face to Face. Yeah. And the sample, oh, I wish I remember the freaking sample, man. Because the sample is like so different, and it's the it, the way they chopped it up as well. Mm. You know, you can tell the chops, and they worked. Um, one of actually one of the the people who influenced my style as well, uh, Todd Edwards. Okay, dance sort of um, chopped up stuff as well, but he he's like chopping Super Saiyan. You know, that's his main thing, mm. and that's what like when Daft Punk get him on a track, mm. it's chopped. Okay, that's that's what I liked about about that thing, and that's the, it was the same thing with face to face, and uh, yeah, they sampled this guitar riff, man. And when I checked out the original, it was a dance. It's a fucking dance groove, like a groove with that song. Yeah. And you check out the original, and you're like, wow, this is night and day. This is amazing. This is the best. I can enjoy this and, and this, yeah, and like really it's, know where it came from yeah. and like appreciate that. Yeah, it's. It's the best. The wild world. Yeah. The music world is absolutely wild. I love it. You know, and it's just, it's constantly, you know, manifesting itself in different ways. Like you're, like that was obviously, there was a big era of that. Mm -hmm. I feel like there wasn't for a while. And now that's coming back again a yeah, little bit. Slowly, slowly. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. like you're, you're, I think hip hop is like such a beautiful art form for those things to blossom mm -hmm. it was it was dance music for a while but I think right now it's hip hop music yeah yeah and it's great that 
you know, I just, I'd love that because like, if you hear someone new, it's like, oh, this is cool. And like, how did it, you know, you're really listening mm-hmm. and it's not just necessarily what the, um, not necessarily what the rapper or artist is saying anymore. Yeah. You're actually listening to what's behind it. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's just me. Uh. But I find like being able to appreciate both of them together and separately yeah. is great. Like, damn, I thought it was a great record for that. Mm. Mm. And I know that a lot of that is original music. Yeah. But some of this, some of it, there is samples in there. And like to be able to like pick those apart and like appreciate that for what it is and where it's come from and yeah. see if there's like a common thread. And yeah, I, yeah, I think that type of thing is definitely subjective. Mm. I was just, uh, I was just listening to like, um, one of those uh, Rick Rubin podcasts. Oh, Broken Record. Yeah. yeah. And I think he did one with Tyler or something. And uh, they were talking about what's the first thing you realize in the track, you know? Mm. And one of them said, uh, oh, when I when I came into the room and we put on this one track, you were like, ooh, you know? And mm. it was just the drums, you know? And that's when, I don't know, it was either, either of them. And uh, they were like, yeah, that's how I know you like drums. Because you were instantly like shrug face and everything, and it was just drums, you mm. know. So you listen to the drums, but then there'd be like some people who don't even hear any of that until the words come in. You know, they're they're here for the words, like they mm-hmm. want to deconstruct stuff. They want to, you know, they want to visualize easier, sort of in, instead of analyzing that that background. Mm. So it's it's definitely subjective. I think so, and I think like that's just humans being humans yeah we're all wired a little bit differently yeah and the fun part is you can pick and choose who to who to who to think about in that aspect you know so when i when i go to listen to a a um an mf doom strictly i'm looking for lyrics i'm looking for something okay. that's gonna make me laugh i'm looking for a story you know i'm looking for a word that w- i would never expect you know yeah and then i stick on um mad lib and that's all I'm waiting for is a sample. All I'm waiting for is something to pop in there. I'm like, whoa, whoa, how did he, <laughs> you know, how did he use that? How did he, he, he scratches a certain vocal record to say a completely different thing, like, you know? Mm. And um, yeah, those those two work in complete harmony, I think. And mm. picking and choosing where you, where you do it, you know, yeah, is really fun. You, you mentioned earlier um, about looking ahead. Mm. all the time what is in your sights right now uh right now it's um i think right now is where i'm trying to make the most music i can okay physically you know um i have the most amount of music done right now okay which is like three tapes Mm. one beat tape uh, and a tape with the New Sense Boys mm-hmm. and then hopefully like um, like especially with the thinking ahead thing I put in my head like by the end of the year we're gonna have um, at least like five hopefully man hope like hopefully five five records there mm. and uh while I do my own stuff as well, uploading beats and um, collaborations and stuff like that, especially like um, there's a, there's a few uh, people I want to work with, including you. You know, mm-hmm. just I um, I I kind of realized that um, 
just having music there is is like the, uh, the biggest part of the job mm. the biggest doesn't matter if it's good doesn't matter if it's bad having it there you've already like you're so ahead you know mm-hmm. and i i realized that this year so that's the main thing that's ahead for me is just making and putting out having a catalog yeah yeah, yeah exactly man building that catalog you know when you find someone you, you like mm-hmm. and then you click on their name and there's so much stuff it's, <laughs> it's the best feeling man. <laughs> so that's what you want to impart on the world yeah yeah just i'm looking like 10 years maybe that's that's when i want to make it 10 years 10 years <laughs> well we'll look back in 10 years yeah it's gonna happens. be so fun yeah <laughs> i'll set an alarm <laughs> on Before the Encore episode number three I'm really really glad that I can finally get to share this because it's been sitting on the hard drive for a while and I've really like I've gone back and listened to it a couple of times you know since recording it because there's like there's something new I seem to pick out of it every time which is absolutely amazing Um, I'm really glad that I got to properly sit down with Siv and like really get into the weeds about some stuff because we've had we've had chats like this before and you know it had never really gone as deep as it went you know and I'm really really glad that um, we got to just spend some time with each other you know she's a good friend of mine and it's nice to be able to just chill and have a good time Um, yeah it was just a really nice vibe Um, I'm glad that I'm glad that it's finally out. Please also forgive my audio for this outro. Um, I was prepping the episode and I realised that there was no outro on the episode. So I am currently recording it from a hotel room in Clare Galway. Um, I'm currently on tour with Nilo doing a couple of bits and bobs. So um, we're actually down at Clare Galway Castle at the moment for Hibernacle. Um this would have happened now. So by the time this comes out, the Hibernical show will have been and gone. So um, I'm going to preempt it and say that it went absolutely swimmingly. Um, <laughs> we'll see what actually happens. But uh, thanks again for listening to this episode of Before the Encore. Uh, new episodes come out on the last Monday of every month. So I'll see you again for the next episode in October. Thanks a million for listening. I've been Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan. This is before the encore. There will be no encore. Chat to you next month.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.